Yeah, welcome to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hansen Metal. This is a half hour radio broadcast which airs from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. every Tuesday. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. God bless you. Hallelujah, glory be to the Lamb of God. Was and is and evermore shall be. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the grace you have poured upon us without measure. We count ourselves blessed and privileged to hear your word and to be instructed in the things of life. Holy Spirit, brood upon me and flow through me. Bless my hearers as we share the word of God together to the glory of your awesome name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My beloved brother and sister, I've been talking about faith works and the kind of works that faith does. The Bible describes as good works. Good works is evidence of our faith because when we believe in Jesus Christ, we receive him as our Lord and personal Savior. That's a free gift from God. But the scripture clearly teaches that those who are saved are saved to serve. They are saved to work. So we look at different dimensions of faith and we are now talking about faith works. And some of the works or the key attribute of the works of faith are good works. So I'm highlighting today on good works as evidence of faith good works as evidence of faith. In Matthew chapter 7, chapter number 7 and the verse number 17 and the verse number 18, New Living Translation of the Bible, a good tree produces good fruit. They say in Swahili, kabamama kababinti, like mother, like daughter. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. So, having said that, we set a stage to look at good works as evidence of faith. God commands us to do good. This is not a condition for our salvation. It is evidence of who we have become by our salvation, through our salvation. It would say we have become who he is. If we say we have received the righteousness of God, then we must bear fruits of righteousness. When Jesus went to John the Baptist to be baptized, John the Baptist protested and said by virtue of Jesus' position, he was not qualified to baptize Jesus. Now this is the response of Jesus to which John the Baptist had to accede. He said, permit it now to be so that he must fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. He acted. He showed humility, fruit of the Spirit, who he was manifested in what he did. As children of God, our good works gives evidence of our faith. Faith works and faith does good works. And I've said that God commands us in his word to do good. 
Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter number 2 the verse number 10. It reads, For we are his workmanship. We, believers, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Are you born again? Then get it straight. You are born again unto good works. You cannot do what you were doing. You cannot live the way you were living when you were not an unbeliever. Get a drift. You hated, you cheated, no conviction. No. Now you have the Spirit of God indwelling you. And his assignment is to convict of sin. Apart from empowering and reproducing himself in us, he convicts us of sin. So what we have become, created in Christ Jesus, is for good works, with God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So before we were born again, God prepared for us to do good works. He changed us so we can change the world. He impacted our lives so that we can impart His goodness. Luke 6, 34. Luke chapter 6, verses 35 and 36. But love your enemies. That's a hard one. Tough one. But love your enemies. Do good. See how faith takes us? Faith takes us on a route or route that we are not familiar with. So he says, but love your enemies, do good and lend. You have something somebody wanted and you can lend him. Jesus said, by virtue of the fact that you are born again, filled with the Spirit of God, do good and lend. Amen. Hoping for nothing in return. How about that? You lend to a believer. And Jesus said, you give it away. Hoping for nothing in return. I don't want any contention. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And I know you understand it. It is for you to accept or reject. Hoping for nothing in return. So, the scripture continues. And your reward will be great. And your reward will be great. So we're talking about works that bring reward. We're not talking about works that bring salvation. Because nobody can work his way into salvation. It is by grace. But I've said over and over again, grace does not endorse laziness. You don't say I'm born again by grace, so I'll sleep all day. By grace, I'm going to get my food. You won't get your food. You will starve. You will die. I'm telling you the truth. That's what will happen. You'll be poor. You'll be poor. People who are rich, I'm not talking about people who are rich by default, maybe by inheritance. I'm talking about people who are rich in the main, they work for it. They suffer what they had right so it says your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the most high will be in other words be sons and daughters of the most high why because you do good and he continues to say for he is kind to the unthankful and evil therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful mm-hmm. be merciful faith works and good works is evidence of faith. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the verse number 8. Let me turn to the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You do your best to trust God that is the right direction faith should be going, doing, trusting 
and then God will dispense grace. You don't put the cart before the horse. When it comes to provision of the things that we desire, we need, we yearn for, we do our best and we leave the rest. Then God will provide everything we need. When I say everything, I mean things that are according to his will. You can't go to God and you are praying, God, give me this, my friend's wife. He won't give you. He will rebuke you. God won't give you your friend's wife. You can't go to God and say, God, I don't like my car. Speak to my friend or speak to that man next door in his dream to come up his car with my jalopy. God will not do that. He will rebuke you. You are covetous. God will tell you, you are covetous. And covetousness is of the devil. It can cause you to kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Covetousness caused Judas to betray him. And so he will not. God will not. So be careful what you name and claim It must be in accordance with the will of God. And even those things that are in accordance with the will of God has to respect the timing of God. I spoke extensively about that. The faith that waits is faith that respects timing. The principle of timing. Because God does things in their times and in their seasons. Bible says, For when the fullness of time was come, God sent his Son. There was timing. The coming of the Son of God. There was timing. The second coming of Christ. There is timing. Your birth, my birth. There was timing. Our growth process all has to do with time. Our exit from this earth. There is a time. But the scripture says there is a time to be born and a time to die. We can't do nothing about it. It is set in casting iron. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, we need to take it to the next level when we talk about good works being evidence of faith, that we believe God so we do good works. We have to understand this, that God takes notice of the good works that we do. And that should be an encouragement, that should be an incentive to do good and not to do evil. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. I know your works. Wow. God was speaking to the church and he said, I know your works. I know your labor your patience. So God knows our works. And if anybody tells you that work does not matter in our work with God, let me tell you, he is truncating your blessing and he's messing your life. God wants his people to work. He has saved us to serve him. He has saved us to serve humanity. He has saved us to earn our daily bread. When we pray God, give us this day our daily bread, we have to put it in context. Remember the Bible has said that God gives a strength to make wealth. It is the wealth that we use to buy, literally includes our bread, our daily bread, our daily provision. So we have to compare scripture to scripture and put it in context. Give us this day our daily bread doesn't mean I pray God. Jesus taught me to say give us this day our daily bread so I'm waiting for you to give me my bread. I just woke up from bed. I'm going back to bed. When I wake up, Give me my bread. It doesn't work that way, honey. No, it doesn't work that way. That's a misinterpretation of the Holy Book. Hello? That's a misinterpretation of the Holy Book. It gives us strength to create wealth. So, while I receive the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, the favor to work, that doesn't take my eyes off God and make me pretend that without God, I still can make it. I still work with a consciousness, expectation, desire that even in my work, the God factor will be central. 
God will be with me and God will help me. God will walk with me and God will work with me. And therefore I know that I know that I know that as long as he is with me, I will succeed. My daily bread will not fail me. Amen. You have been listening to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hansen Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Bible platform with Reverend Hansen Metal this and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on sunny 88.7 FM and your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. So God takes notice of our good works. He told the church, I know your works, your labor, your patience. Do you labor? And are you patient in your laboring for self, family, for church, community? Work, my dear, that is evidence of your faith. Because faith works. Let me take you down to the same book of Revelation chapter 2 from the verse 8 to 10. Revelation chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. And know your works. You see, Jesus is taking it beyond faith. And listen, folks, he's not talking about, or he's not, he was not addressing unbelievers. Let me read again. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, Write this to the believers. The believers, write it to them. Today I talk to believers. The kind of things people get upset about and they are upset with who? God. You wonder what message did they hear before they claim to be born again? Because this is not an easy race. It's not. If somebody told you you become a Christian, life is going to be a bed of roses. Every day is going to become Christmas. I tell you what. You can create that life. You can create that atmosphere. But that is not going to come to you as the reality. Because the only reality we have is Christ. And he has said, in this life, you shall have tribulation. You will have it. You can't dodge it. It will come. It may be a health crisis. It may be financial crisis. It may be relational crisis. Crisis is crisis. The adjectives may describe it, but it's still what it is. So, brace yourself to live a qualitative life based on knowledge. Based on knowledge that God knows your works and he knows my works. In Revelation 2, 8 to 10, he says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works. Wow, I just love this. I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich, <laughs> but you are rich. What's God saying? I'm poor. He says he knows I'm poor, and yet he says he knows I am rich. Well, the essential point here is that God knows. God knows. 
if you are working, if you are doing that which you need to do, if you are doing your best, dear, he knows. He knows everything about your situation and nothing, absolutely nothing escapes his attention. He knows. He works with you. He cares for you. He loves you. He knows your situation. And he's saying, I don't only really know your good times, but I know your bad times. I look at you and I know that materially you are poor, but spiritually you are rich. Because that's who I've made you. You have me, you have the world. So situations may come, circumstances may come up to you and upset you and make things, but they will change. They will change. Keep doing that which you are doing that you know is good for yourself, for your family. I love family like crazy. Everything I do, everything I dream about is about my natural family and my spiritual family. And let me caution those who are so spiritually minded. You are no healthy good because you're so busy about your spiritual family and you don't care about your natural family. Listen, listen. Jesus didn't paint that picture for us. Jesus cared about the natural family. So when he was at the party and the wine ran out and the wedding was going to be a fiasco, he made wine to save the situation, probably to save the couple embarrassment. Jesus loved, he loves family. He loves family. And so we have to do what we have to do to make sure that our families get our attention and the blessing that we must be for them, we don't deny them. Paul writing to Timothy said, Timothy, young man, I want you to know this. If there are people in the church who want posts, they want position, and they can't take care of their own families, hey, don't, don't allow them to be in, in your leadership because the church begins with the family. It begins at home. As goes the church, so as goes the family. So goes the church. If you have people coming to church, husband fighting wife, wife fighting husband, a commotion and confusion everywhere. And then they lift up their hands and they are worshiping. Oh my God, what a spiritual traffic jam you will experience. It ain't going to work. Let's do good. Amen. Let's do good because the God we worship is good. And then he said, Revelation 3, 1 and 2, And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, This thing says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You see, I'm emphasizing on I know your works so that you will get it deep into your spirit that there is nothing you are doing that is escaping the attention of God. He said, I know your ways. I know your ways. Now, if we go down to the verse 15 or the same Revelation chapter number 3, here he goes again and says, I know your ways, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. This is not a good assessment of the work of the church here. Jesus said, I know your works. You see, but the problem is you are in neutral gear and that cannot be. I wish that you could be either cold or hot, either moving forward or in reverse gear. You, you must be identified with something. But I pray for myself and I pray for you that we will be identified with good works. Because you see, my dear, we will leave everything here. But I'd like to check on what are some of the things that will follow me when I'm out of here. And I found a scripture that I want to share with you. Good works is what will follow us. We're not going to take anything out of here. All our achievements.